Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the expert, guys. This is free land education. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant, broker owner of Land Pro Real Estate, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin. Good morning, Teresa. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm well. I hope you are. Yeah, we got a great guest today. Good. Our new office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. We serve all your real estate needs in western Piedmont, North Carolina, and southern Virginia. Just give us a shout. We'll help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members. Our national site's www.rliland.com, rliland.com. Now listen to me. If you're buying or selling land, you want to make sure you go to that site and find one of our 1,700 members nationwide or one of our 587 accredited land consultants because we know how to play the game. We'll save you money. If you're buying, we'll make you money if you're selling. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, LandHub is the place to be. Hey, our guest today is Gore Bolton. Hey, Gore, welcome. Hi, Lou. Great to be here and uh, appreciate being with you all yes, today. Sir, where, where are you calling from? So I am coming from uh, Columbia, South Carolina. All right. The big Columbia. Used to go down there and had an aunt and a grandmother and a cousin that, that lived in Aiken, South Carolina, down there with all the, the horses. And uh, before the interstate was built back in the 50s and 60s, we'd go right through downtown Columbia. And uh, haven't been there since, quite frankly. But what a beautiful town. So... Gore, you're the CEO of Land Intelligence. We had met at uh, San Antonio at our annual land conference back in March, and um, you were one of our uh, exhibitors, your company. And I tell you what, it's quite impressed, uh, with, uh, and I can't wait for you to tell about what you do and how you got there. You've had over 25 years of professional experience in engineering and surveying and management. Gore's also been around the land development block, also co-founder of Land Intelligence. Gore is the voice of all sides of the table for investors to develop and service providers. You from degree in civil engineering from the University of Maryland and uh, vast knowledge with your peers and shows and colleagues and events. Some of the awards included College of Southern Maryland's Leading Eagle Award 2000 CEO of the Year and South Carolina DOT's 2007 ACEC South Carolina Engineering Excellence Award. In addition to his company being recognized as one of the Zig Group Hot Firms and rated the Civil Engineer News Best Firm to work for. Gore is also honorary Eagle Scout. So I'm, I'm not honorary. I am an Eagle Scout. Some of the team's highest profiles projected over the years include Mid-Atlantic Acquisition Study, analysts of the total build-out area development potential for 10 counties in Washington, D.C. area, the D.C. Heights Study, extensive impact study on D.C. Office for Planning and National Capital Planning Commission on Building Heights and Potential Amendments to the Heights of Building Act of 1910. So you've been quite an uh, experience in developing. Tell us how you got started and uh, about your company. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I, one of the things I always like to joke about with folks about the Honorary Eagle Scout was I was coming through scouts when they realized that uh, you better get the scout to get the eagle uh, before the driver's license hit. <laughs> so uh, I, I made it 
all the way through the last couple of merit badges and the driver's license got in the way. Uh, might have been something to do with uh, somebody I was interested in seeing on Friday night after a football game, too. But uh, anyway, I ended up doing a lot of community service uh, with the scouts uh, over the course of my career. And I, I guess I was always a little guilty I didn't finish that. So uh, I was very active in the, the D.C. metro uh, region uh, scouting groups. And so we gave lots of merit badges out for surveying and plan reading mm-hmm. and forestry and all the stuff related to land. Uh, and so after a while of doing that, they realized that uh, I had given out more merit badges and helped more, more scouts get merit badges than I had uh, than I had missed in getting my Eagle Scouts, so they gave me an honorary one. Good for them. So, well deserved. So, so it was nice. It was nice, a nice ceremony, and it, it was probably one of the nicest things uh, that I felt like I, I earned the long way. <laughs> well, my father let me get my license when I was 16, but uh, it was five months, almost six months, until after I finished my Eagle project and went before the board. And once he knew I had my Eagle uh, award was coming. I got my license, so uh, I know about those licenses. <laughs> it's it's a challenge for that for that industry. So, uh, so yeah, I, I got into the business. I I'm fortunate. My uh, my my grew up on a farm uh, in southern Maryland. Uh, actually, still own a piece of a farm that's been in my family since uh, the mid 1700s, before this was a country. Wow. Uh, and. Uh, as, as the folklore has it, my uh, eight times over great-grandfather was actually a, a, a real estate developer with George Washington. Uh, they actually did deals together along the Potomac River. Uh, and so my family's kind of been in the real estate and construction business for a long time. Uh, and so I was fortunate enough, uh, after going to school, to get into the construction and development business and actually land preservation business, you know, uniquely enough, especially in the Chesapeake area. So um, I started having design clients that were asking me to participate in their deals. And so then that led to a whole other avenue of uh, investment and capital. Um, Fortunately, when I was at the University of Maryland, I got a minor in computer science. So with the evolution of technology over the last 20 years, I've been able to evolve through that. And um, you know, after the last housing crash, I took a look at you know how I could uh, how I could basically leverage technology based on everything I had learned through that process. So then a couple of years ago, we finalized uh, some patents and predicted uh, valuation of property. Uh, and so that's when we decided to to launch land intelligence as a as basically a tech service for the real estate industry. Chris, you following all this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, how has it changed in the last 20 years? And, and, and sort of like, I mean, in the old days, uh, I've, been, I've had my license 30 years. Just to go get a tax map, you had to drive to the nearest county of, of, that you were operating in. Usually it's 25, 30 minutes. You'd go to the basement, go into the filing cabinet, go through the alphabetical list of property owners, source the property, and it would have a file number. And you take it over to the mapping assistant, and they would go and pull a mylar of hopefully that property. Sometimes it took two or three mylars, depending on the property, because uh, it was blocks. And then they would uh, conveniently put that through a uh, blue light uh, with the yellow paper, and it would print out this blueprint. And then if you wanted a topography overlay, you'd have to use the old Corps of Engineers uh, maps, 
pin it up on a glass window or light table and take a pencil and draw the contour lines and anything else that you want to describe on the thing. But um, uh, in your industry and what you guys do, I mean, uh, the thing that I liked about your company is how you've streamlined everything using the technology. I mean, it's from A to Z. I read a comment, uh, Gore, that, um, and I, I was quite surprised by it, uh, Teresa, that about 50% of the uh, land development deals uh, don't don't make it. That that's quite a number. Is that accurate, or is that old? Oh, time? absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely, it is. Um, so, the, so there's a couple things. I mean, your your first question about how things have changed. Well, I mean, it's been it's it's been unbelievable, and 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 we've been fortunate to be ready for that change. Um, and uh, you know, kind of a little bit. I would say some of the stuff we were working on was a little bit ahead of the adoption curve uh, originally. So the, the prop tech investment and adoption in the last you know two years especially has been very beneficial to us as a company. But I think overall it's been beneficial to the industry. So you know that you mentioned the the, the running down to the courthouse or the going here or the going there. Well, you know that became very difficult during the pandemic. Yes, right? exactly. That, that place was closed. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it even gets more difficult when you can't get on an airplane or you can't, your state's locked down or, or whatever. So we actually saw, we actually started calling our platform the ability to perform your due diligence from a social distance. And uh, that was kind of an interesting pivot we made during, during the pandemic. But really what we found was you know, it was funny. We were out to dinner the other night, and um, you know, the, the restaurants. I don't know if you're experiencing this, but they're still using the QR codes for the for the for the uh, menus. And you know, so somebody has done the math on how much menus cost. Uh, not just worried about being clean, but hey, you know what? Everybody that comes in here has a cell phone, so if we just put that little QR code there, we don't we don't have to manage all these menus. And so it's kind of the same thing. Um, we've seen some people realize that they can get a lot of information now on their computer from from us that they don't have to go do. Uh, they don't have to run around and, and spend their time traveling. They don't have to spend their you know they can they can get a whole lot more information faster, including those plots and documents and plans and and reports. But more importantly, from disparate data, right? So from different data sets. So. On average, in a typical county, uh, we save somebody the time. You, you mentioned that overlay. Uh, that's actually one of the elements of our patent is overlaying different geographic data and then coming up with a valuation algorithm, right? If that topo is very, very steep and it's mountaintop, right, the, the highest value is at the top of the mountain, right? And then if it's very, you know, the side's rough uh, to build on. And then on, on the other hand, if it's floodplain uh, or it's some other mapping feature, you know, that can indicate value as well. So uh, so we're able to kind of read through that data um, to give somebody an idea of what they might be able to do with it based on all the rules and regulations. And so so now all of a sudden, instead of, you know, driving around, you know, I mean, I, one of the examples I use is on two fronts, right? The physical process of cruising for property has changed dramatically, but also um, what, I, what I like to say, the preemptive strike because of the available availability of data, and I'll kind of go, I can kind of go through both of those. Yeah, please. Um, 
So the so the so the so the first one is really uh, uh, literally 15 years ago. I remember a client of mine that I was working with, actually a real estate partner, that we were looking for property uh, for them to put a, a new business location on, and we literally went back to my office and I grabbed our tax map book that we had at the office. And I sat in the passenger seat while we drove around, and I took notes on the tax map parcel book. And um, this was before the iPhone came out, right? So, um, so literally, we were writing notes, and it was a master book of all the maps in the area that I kept track of all of my conversations with everybody in the region on that book. So I knew the story of every single piece of property. Wow. You know, and, and so when I when I think about a great broker in a region, you know they have that information, right? And so, um, or anybody that's in the land business is going to know the story of the family that owns it or who owned it before, or, you know, all of those stories that that never make it to a public database. And so we were driving around, and and uh, finally we drove by this one vacant highway frontage property, and uh, he said, you know what, that would be a great site. I said, really? I said, well, I just heard that, you know, the, the, the owner of that died, it's in an estate, and they'd like to sell it by the end of the year. This was like during the summertime. He said, really? He said, he said well, it was like 25 acres or whatever. And he was looking for, it's a commercial project. So he, he was only looking for about, you know, 10. So he was like, well, that's too much. I said, yeah, but I think I heard what they want to take for it to close at the end of the year. And he went, well, maybe I'll just buy more than I need. I said, well, he said, well, can you help me figure out what to do with the balance of the property? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> he said, okay. So anyway, a month later, he owned the 25 acres. Um, you know, the way that happens now is you're able to surf that on our website and communicate with the person and exchange contracts and just having the contract, the ability. Either way, you're going to do feasibility studies and back-end data. Sure. But now we can serve up pretty much all that level of information remotely that, you know, we took hours upon hours and months upon months of running around to collect all that information. So that's a, that's a really good example of the way that somebody would do that today versus the way we did it, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Sure. Um, By the way, uh, if you, if you're not driving, go to his website. It's real simple. Landintelligence.net. It's .net. Landintelligence.net. And you can kind of follow along. And uh, as Gore describes, it's so much information on there, Teresa. You've got it pulled up, and um, we'll go from there. Hey, our guest today is Gore Bolton with Land Intelligence. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Are you looking to buy or sell land? LandHub previews thousands of properties nationwide. You know, uh, we had over 400 attendees at the conference. I think it's the largest group of our 1,700 uh, members, which was quite impressive. But uh, what was some of the feedback and questions that you were fielding during the uh, three-and-a-half-day conference? Well, yeah, so first of all, we're really, really excited about our relationship with RLI and, and obviously uh, NAR in general. So a, a little bit of background about how we became uh, sponsors of RLI um, is that last year we were in the uh, REACH portfolio, um, now, a lot of people in the industry don't even know what REACH is, and so I, I feel like as a portfolio member, it's really important for me to tell the industry yeah, about this, because without members of NAR, uh, our company wouldn't be possible. So uh, last year, we were selected as one of the nine most uh, commercially uh, tech 
viable and um, innovative companies in real estate uh, by the National Association of Realtors through their venture capital arm, Second Century Ventures, which runs the technology acceleration program REACH. So uh, like all NA organizations, a few acronyms and a few and a few uh, a few letters in order to describe the relationship, but um, we got there. And it all happened because brokers are making deals and agents are making deals and they're paying their dues. And those dues go back to a bucket of money that goes into technology innovation. And we are fortunately the recipient of those funds, or some of those funds. There's, I think, over 100 companies, maybe 130 in the REACH portfolio right now after the launch of the original fund. Um, and uh, if all of you that use DocuSign, uh, uh, use DocuSign, the, the, the exit from that was one of the first investments uh, that Second Century Ventures made, which obviously uh, benefits uh, all of us at this point, um, but but really the, the the impetus was when we went through that acceleration program with Reach last year, incredibly incredibly uh, valuable program put on to help those of us that have been in the industry, uh, but don't necessarily understand the landscape of a million and a half realtors, and then understand how the organizations are all put together. So it was a lot of information, but we very quickly put on and understood early on in our participation at the Realtors Land Institute was going to be one of the absolute strongest relationships we wanted to have uh, coming out. And so meeting with the uh, executive team and board uh, uh, at the end of last year as to what 2022 looked like, obviously included the conference uh, recently in, in San Antonio. And so I had the opportunity to present some of the technology that we're working on there. And I'd say the response was, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and so, That's what uh, I heard. So, so I, That's important, uh, and this due diligence aspect of your system. Uh, when you take that to a lender, it's got to be overwhelming to them. I, I bet they haven't seen a presentation uh, that you guys have assembled uh, before. It's usually, uh, you know, a box of paper, and you bring it in and stick it on somebody's desk, and uh, you know. But uh, I was just looking at how you've streamlined all of that, and it's got to be uh, overwhelming to a lender. I mean, what questions are not answered? Yeah, and so I, I literally was on the phone yesterday with a lender uh, for land, and what we're doing, what we're doing, is basically building their uh, 
their due diligence packages. And so when you think about the real estate cycles the last uh, several decades, you know, there's been several pretty massive real estate recessions. And um, there's a real challenge in the marketplace of people that have 30 years of experience in this industry and uh, want to take any kind of a risk uh, to move forward through that, uh, especially given the news today, you know, or these days within the last couple of weeks as far as, you know, preparing for changes. I mean, when you look at the national study that the country is over 5 million housing units short, uh, and we're still only building, you know, roughly a million, uh, which is still pre-2009 levels, um, and we're just, we're just not able to deliver enough, whether it's on the residential side, on single-family houses, a lot, but even down to the level of number of doors on multifamily, we, we just, you're talking five years of backlog yeah. in the country right now just to get back to break even. That's a tremendous number. See, Teresa? Yeah, I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm sitting here wondering. I mean, it sounds like you do a, a lot of stuff. Like, how long does it take to do these reports and get this information together for a client? So the nice thing, yeah, so, that, so it used to take a long time. So it, our goal originally was to take the work that you had to do in about a one-week feasibility study, right? So if somebody was going to buy a property or they were thinking about putting on their, something on their contract, you know, every purchaser has a little bit different risk profile. They, the, the, I always say the smart money spends due diligence money before the contract's written. Right. Um, but a lot of people, 50-50, some people 25-75, you know, that kind of stuff. What we do is we serve up the data so that people can get the information they need to even determine whether they want to put it under contract. And, and that's kind of our step one, right? Because if, if you don't get it under contract to purchase it, you know, spending money on, you know, consultants and environmental studies and surveys and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, it, it wastes a lot of people's time and money. So, um, so we really kind of focus on that, that pre-contract due diligence and then what I call that study period due diligence, the stuff that if you have 30 days or 60 days or 90 days to put some information together, that critical time of I'm at the highest risk stage of the contract, but I'm actually the least incentivized to spend a bunch of money, <laughs> right? And so we basically wanted to focus on that because that's where most deals die. And so if we could get, if we could help people at the most vulnerable time in, in the start of a project, then we could probably help move the needle on how projects are delivered and how at the rate at which they are. And of course, now what we're faced with is because of the recession in 2009 and the housing dilemma that's accrued now over the last 11 years, you've got short supply and demand. So because the industry can only deliver at a certain pace, there's only one thing to do on the, on the uh, supply and demand curve, and that's to increase prices to lower demand. Right. And, and so that's what's, that's what's happening, but yet we still can't crank them out fast enough because people don't know how to do it. Right. Well, let me tell you why I asked that question, because I want to see if you could have helped me. I just had a deal go south because of the appraisal. And the appraisal came back really, really bad. And my property was a really nice piece of property. It had multiple pasture land. It had three different pastures, it had timber on it, it had a well, it had uh, internal farm roads, it had uh, a barn, and they appraised it like 20000 under what I was asking for it. 
And they came back with an appraisal of $145,000 for 30 acres of land. The land up the road closed this week, and it was 17 acres for 140000 And that land wasn't near as valuable as my land. That land was in a floodplain. It was steep. It, I don't, it, it's in a watershed, a protected watershed. I mean, there were so many things about it that made it. I couldn't understand. I was like, how did that one work and, and this one didn't? So could your information have helped maybe help uh, educate the appraiser as to why my land was as valuable as, as more? Because the other property sold for 7700 an acre, and they were telling me mine was worth 4800 an acre. And I'm like, there, there's no way. So we lost the deal. And the people had already paid $5,000 for a survey, and they lost their deal. I, I, I wish I could say that's the first time I've heard that scenario. Um, that scenario plays out in county after county, city after city, every, you know, all across the country every day. And, it, and it's normally because everybody's not operating off the same information. Um, I, I have been pulled in multiple times, even sometimes hired by appraisers directly to help supplement the information they're putting together on a deal to kind of to kind of value sense what they're doing. And, 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 and really kind of the difference that we do is we take a look at it from the financial risk standpoint and the financial gain standpoint on the property. Right. Um, we, we absolutely uh, understand the appraisal methodology. Uh, and we, we consider them, you know, kind of partners in the process because at the, at the end of the day, uh, somebody's got to have that, that, that say, right, of a certified appraiser. The, the issue is, is that a lot of times there are nuances of the differences between properties. And so the example I like to use when I'm talking to appraisers is normally how we can help the brokers and appraisers is that side-by-side comparison of all the other things other than just the comped price. Right. And, uh, and and basically be able to compare apples to apples. It's uh, what, what I like to say is if you're, you know, if you're shopping online and you want to compare two or three TVs, uh, you want to understand, you know, they're all they're all 60 inches or they're all 80 inches. Right. But, but what are the real differences between them? Um, that, that's pretty much where we come in is being able to really say, OK, this is the difference between those. And what I would say is, is that. As a, as a licensed surveyor, as a, as a licensed engineer in multiple states, I'd much rather have that conversation with the money than send my field crew out there to do a survey that nobody needs. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, Ron Loftus, Loftus, he's an MAI, and uh, he, I had written a class for North Carolina for CE for land. It's the only land class ever in the state, and I'm the only land instructor. And quite frankly, Gore, I can't find another state that has a CE class credited uh, for elective uh, in, the, in the country. I, I think I got the only one. But he approached me about writing a course, land course, for the North Carolina Board of Appraisers, which we did together. It's called Rural Land Values. Is it an art or a science? And I was a myth at the uh, number of appraisers that are out there that have no idea how to value a, a piece of land. I mean, they, they don't have land education either. Uh, well, the analogy he used about the TV is right. perfect. Oh, yeah, totally. Because it's just like land. Yeah. You can't look at two different pieces of property and say, well, they're both 30 acres. No. They're both worth the same thing. Exactly. That's definitely not right. right. 
Well, and so the analogy I use, you know, because the underlying technology that we use is all geospatial technology, right? So geographic information systems and algorithms and machine learning and AI. And I could geek out on all that stuff, but that'll probably bore your audience. But the 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 reality is is that we have to we have to take into account things people can't see. Right. And so um, we have to overlay information, you know, the residential side or even the commercial side that is buildings, you know, the, the joke is if it has a gore, if it has a door, you don't need gore, right? That's kind of the joke. <laughs> um, but, uh, but in general, it's true. Um, if, if it has a door, uh, you can send, you know, you can measure the square footage. You know how many bathrooms or bedrooms, you know how many square feet it's got, you know, if it's an industrial or commercial or if it's a restaurant or if it's a mini storage, right? There's all these other data sets that you can get that you know, is tangible, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can see what it is. But as soon as you tell somebody that the average property has over 150 to 200 data layers that affect its value, um, they look at you like, what did you just say? And, and so I, I think that's really the difference is because it's invisible. I mean, just think about it land, mineral rights, subterranean rights, air rights, timber rights, gravel rights, uh, oiling, you know, all of those different things, easements, right, easements, rights of others, riparian rights, water rights. When you start thinking about all those layers, they're invisible to the average person. They just don't understand that they even exist. Right. So our guest today is Gore Bolton. He's the CEO of Land Intelligence. Hey, by the way, their website's landintelligence.net. We'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gore, uh, can you go through some of the elements? And, and the question that, uh, that uh, Teresa and I had, do you really have any competition out there? Uh, I mean, it seems like I'm just, and I'm just kind of, my experience in, in, in San Antonio and then just uh, spending time for this show doing research, um, you seem to put it all together. Is there anything that's not there, like some of the security issues uh, with water lines or gas lines or stuff? After 911, you know, a lot of that stuff was uh, pulled off of the site. So, uh, uh, how do you tackle all that? Sure. Um, so, you know, we basically take a proactive approach to get people information that they need before they need it. Uh, so we know they're going to need it. So we're constantly looking at which, which areas are going to grow and go through transitions. I mean, we, our business is primarily focused on new land development, you know, creating new projects. So every year in the United States, a million acres of property uh, changes hand for the purpose of land development. Um, so, you know, taking a look at that part of the market is really where we, we focus on. Um, and uh, because we focus on that uh, niche of the market, we can go pretty deep and fast with our technology. And so some of the problems that have come up have been uh, not only security issues like water lines, sewer lines, um, underground tunnels, communication lines. I've done a lot of work relevant to you know, threat analysis. Um, there's lots of uh, there's lots of new fiber optic uh, and comm lines in the country that uh, you know not everybody knows where they are uh, or they think it's a sewer line and we know it's not. <laughs> and so being able to being able to understand those types of infrastructure requirements uh, are very important. What I'd also say is very important is the ownership structure of property. So. Uh, 
don't understand that when they're going in uh, to buy a piece of property and potentially do something new, what, what I like to say is, especially for the national developers or the regional developers where somebody's kind of moving into a, a, a local area, I, I call it kind of the billionaire factor. Um, you kind of want to know in a jurisdiction where you're going to go put a project, um, where the billionaires own property in that region. Um, because chances are they may already have a deal that's baked <laughs> that gotcha. you don't know about. Sure. And so w- one of the one of the big data sets that we pull are written agreements uh, between the agencies and the landowners. Uh, and if you're just looking at a at a map online, or you're just looking at building permit data, you're way out of sync with what's about to happen in the next ten to fifteen years. Um, and so a lot of times there's development agreements that are negotiated five and 10 years in advance or more. Uh, there's, there's trust agreements to preserve property. So, so there's, there's a big issue relevant to, uh, what's public record and what's not, you, you know, we deal with some agencies where those are considered private contracts until permits are issued. So that's kind of a zoning legal issue we go through to get information and we have some groups that, you know, they don't want to give us water information. So, you know, we, we will have to work through that. Um, we've built tools in our software to deal with some of those issues where we've basically gone through and mapped all the jurisdiction processes for obtaining information. We obtain what we can, and then we're able to tell people what the lead time or the complexities are with getting the other data we know they're going to need either as they're searching for property, as they're making offers, or as they're going through kind of their due diligence entitlement and permit process. So um, no one jurisdiction operates exactly the same. Uh, and so that's really kind of, the, you know, especially somebody who works in multiple jurisdictions, that becomes a real life saver. And you're reaching uh, the, uh, I guess, the lower 48, right? Yeah, our concentration right now is uh, continental United States. Um, our technology is applicable globally. Uh, it's all GIS and geospatial technology. I had the benefit of doing some interesting projects uh, with uh, world financial institutions. It was kind of the, the predecessor of creating land intelligence, uh, but it was basically helping helping emerging countries use basically create their tax assessment documents um, and and create their parcel maps and and uh, create their structure of keeping track of all those records from scratch, uh, which was kind of interesting after after growing up on the East Coast and being able to go back to, you know, King's Grant documents. And, uh, you know, uh, I grew up in Maryland, so Lord Baltimore's bequeathments and the creation of Washington, D.C. and, you know, all of those things. It's always interesting when I'm going through underwriting on a deal in the South uh, and somebody in Chicago or New York uh, ends up with a... Uh, the underwriting package, and they don't understand why there's no court records prior to 1865. And, um, you know, you get somebody that, that that grew up and went to an Ivy League school and is working at one of the big banks in New York underwriting these deals, and you have to remind them when the Civil War was and what Sherman did to all the courthouses <laughs> down here. <laughs> and so, so it's always interesting to have a conversation about topics like that. And that's, that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier about the education process. Um, because a lot of people in the industry, you know, those, those historical events, uh, a lot of times people forget uh, 
how that impacts even deals that go on today. Who benefits the most from your your, your um, process? Well, what I, what I like to say is, at the end of the day, somebody has to buy and somebody has to sell, right? We, there's, two, there's two signatures at the bottom of every agreement that matters the most, the buyer and the seller. And, um, you know, our, our process is if the, if the seller really kind of wants to know what they have, uh, they'll typically really want to get a good education. So a lot of times we will have uh, both the listing agent as well as if they have an estate planner or there's a, there's a family member, depending on how that transition is about to happen, the owner themselves, they just want to make sure they're not leaving any money off the table and they want to understand what's possible with their property. Uh, so that they can even come up with that list price and package uh, to be able to say what's possible uh, and market the property. Uh, on the other side, on the buy side, it's all the due diligence. You know, it's kind of the analogy in the industry is it's the home inspection for land. Uh, you know, what are all the problems and how are we going to, you know, how are we going to mitigate them? How's the seller going to mitigate them? Is there a way to mitigate them other than just price change? Uh, all those kinds of things. So we get pulled in uh, to a lot of those types of things. But really, the, the, the biggest thing that we help with is the financing. Um, once all that information is put together, um, at the end of the day, if the financing isn't figured out, uh, nobody gets paid, the property doesn't transfer, uh, you know, whether it's an appraisal issue, a wetlands issue, a permit timing issue. We, we had a deal in Georgia last week where um, the, the developer reached out to us because they were in a jam. They had a planning commission. Uh, so they had a piece of property. They were supposed to go to settlement uh, the end of this month, end of, end of, end of uh, May, and uh, they had done all the pre-development entitlement work and were selling the property at permits uh, to a national developer. And the planning commission in the local group did not have a quorum at the meeting last month in April. And so when you draw out the timeline, um, they had to settle on the property before they had permits. And they couldn't sell it to the national builder because they didn't have permit. So literally they ran out of time and were about to run off the cliff and, and lose the deal. And so I would say that's probably, those are the types of deals that probably we help the most. We have tens of thousands of investors on the back end of our platform, both equity and debt. Um, and basically uh, developers and buyers can actually finance their projects as they're going through the system. And our system basically allows the collection of all the underwriting information uh, that the equity and debt providers need. Uh, and that gives transparency back to the broker um, that if your buyer is actually going wherever they are in their financing, um, you'll have transparency into that as to where they are in their financial process. Uh, you won't necessarily have uh, all the personal identifiable information accessible, but you'll at least be able to see that, you know, if they're raising equity capital or they're raising debt, you'll at least to be able to see the statistics and numbers around that so that you can make sure that the deal is actually moving forward. And then more importantly, where are they in due diligence, right? Have they ordered that wetland study? Have they ordered the, the survey? Have they, have they done those types of things? And so our, our project management and CRM side of our, of our tool basically allows the broker to work with their buyer to make sure all that stuff's getting done. So your system's automated, but you still have staff that are communicating and, and notifying and saying, hey, you got to follow up on this, or this is something we just identified. So there's a lot of back-and-forth communication, I would say, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we so our our software basically tees up the ability to access any parcel in the country, whether it's listed for sale or not, find out basic information, ownership, download your lead list, your target lead list to reach out to the owners, um, be able to download. Um, uh, we have a valuation algorithm uh, that we put in there so that you can kind of understand what you might be able to offer for the property. Um, that's really kind of the, the, the secret sauce of our patent is coming up with that, you know, basically our own uh, valuation model uh, where we can tell somebody what we think uh, kind of what it's worth uh, from the standpoint of, uh, of our data algorithm. Uh, and then that gives them a basis point to start their negotiations with and start their due diligence with. And then inside of that, they can order reports. We do reports on, you know, market reports government reports. You know, one of our government reports, one of my favorite ones, was um, we found out that a local planning commission, uh, it was there was a group that was pro-growth and a group that was anti-growth, and they got in a fist fight at one of the recent uh, planning commission meetings. And so basically all of our subscribers that were doing deals in that jurisdiction, we were able to send a blast uh, message out to all of them to let them know that that had happened. And immediately, several of our uh, customers uh, negotiated extensions uh, with the sellers, um, and they had that as evidence. Like, look, this isn't us just saying we're wasting our time. You know, we're very concerned about going through that. You know, a, a second market alert that we had that went out was, you know, when jurisdictions declare moratoriums. So, or, or more importantly, was there a moratorium last year, and you're just now looking at this project? You know, if it, if there's a moratorium in a, in a suburban area, uh, the underwriter in, in Chicago or New York uh, probably isn't going to have that information. And a lot of times the developer from out of town is not going to have that information. So, and, th and then we kind of go through the, the process of, uh, of, our, of our development and analysis reports. So our first report was called a land fax. So think of a car fax for land. Um, that was really our, our flagship report that we came up with so that people could get that one-week feasibility study in hours instead of weeks. Um, and that was really our first compression of time. So what I like to say is it's our job to help people look at a piece of property from the perspective of, of uh, Mother Nature, Father Time, and Uncle Sam, right? And so if we can help people understand what's going on with the environment, what's going on with the government and taxation, uh, and what's going on with the title reports and the zoning and the planned projects in the area of what the people are doing, uh, then they'll have a much better sense of what they can do with the property and make that investment, you know, over the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, these projects are not projects that, you know, are, are not going to have an impact on the local community for, you know, they, they will have an impact on the local community for decades to come. On your website, lendintelligence.net, and follow along, You've got several uh, uh, pages on there. One's called Land Market, which is county-based report. You've got one called Land Government that you trademark. You've got one called Land Facts, F-A-X, which you've also trademarked. What's the difference in these three uh, elements? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so it really kind of goes back to the uh, – it goes back to that persona that we talk about. So the, the market report is really kind of absorption rate. So the example I like to use there is, you know, everybody will call us and say, hey, this, this county's hot. I need, to, I need to buy land in this county. And then we pull up the report and we say, um, okay, well, you, you can go buy land there, but do you know how many
many projects are ahead of you in the queue? And they go, well, what do you mean? The building permits are going really, really good. I went and met with the economic development office, and I went and met with the permit office. Uh, they, they said they'll get us permits in six weeks and blah, 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 blah. I said, that's all well and good. You're getting ready to buy, let, let's just say you're going to do a, a 200-lot subdivision, and uh, that's great. There are already 10,000 lots in the pipeline ahead of you for approval and construction and development. And, and I just pulled up their permit statistics. They're only, they're only building 1,000 units a year in this jurisdiction. So you've got 10 years of supply in the industry. How fast do you think you're going to get out of your 200-unit deal? Right. And so that market, just that snapshot market sure. decision, all of a sudden sets that reality of, gee, I might not actually be done this project in three years. Yep. Look at another area, right? Yeah, well, or, or just set your expectations correctly, right? I mean, just set your expectations. This is probably going to be a 10-year deal. Right. Um, or longer if you hit a snag with a recession or if that area has a major job loss. I mean, the, those are some of the things we look at is major job loss risk. Um, yeah, because where there's people in jobs, people need food, clothing, and shelter, right? So retail, you know, residential, uh, commercial, retail, industrial, it, you know, it all goes there. And so then, so then really the big difference on the government side is the stability of the government, right? Does the local agency, what's the first thing we look at is the bond rating of a, of a government agency. Okay. You know, are they, are they, do they, are they recognized by Wall Street as stewards of their money? Uh, are they, are they about to be, you know, is their water and sewer clean, right? I mean, different parts of the country, you know, you, you can't invest in projects where everybody's going to have carcinogens in the water, right? So you, you've got to deal with that. And you've got to deal with the schools, right? The government, what's the ranking of the schools? What's the, what's the crime like? You know, all of those types of factors. And then, um, and then basically the due diligence reports are really all about the property. You know, are there bald eagles nests? Are there, uh, are there cemeteries? I mean, one of, the, one of the things I remind the people that I give our training in for land development is uh, if, you, if you ever watch the movie Poltergeist, uh, that was a bad land development deal yeah, where somebody somebody forgot somebody you know lied about the fact that there was a cemetery on the project and they built houses on top of the cemetery, right? Yeah. And so so I tell people all the time in land development, my job is that you don't get in a pool with a bunch of corpses in the movie, <laughs> uh, or, or at the same time your daughter doesn't get sucked into a TV. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got a question now. So I'm a developer. I, I brought to you a project. I'm getting all this feedback. I'm saying, God, this isn't the right place. Does your organization help me find something else? I mean, do you provide that service as well? Say, hey. Yeah, so we have a – yeah, I mean, we're basically an acquisition and a development department of Box, right? So right. We, we can not only help them do that, but more importantly, they might have it under contract. Um, we basically have uh, we basically have an ability on the back end to help people dis disposition and exchange that paper. So um, we have a wholesale exchange uh, that we allow people to be able to post those projects because you know you might have the hardest thing about buying a piece of property is getting it under control and then managing the expectations of the asset, right? Right. So now you've got it under contract, and you might find out it's not worthwhile for you. Uh, however, instead of necessarily dropping the deal, um, you might be able to find that. And, and this is a benefit. Uh, actually, we've gotten positive reviews from both buyers and sellers 
because on the sell side, like you were describing that deal earlier where it fell through because of the appraiser, you know, there might be somebody that wants to use that property for another use, um, maybe even just a, an investment property that on the exchange, there'll be enough information at that point where they just they pay cash for it. They, they don't care about the appraisal. So, yeah, so there's those types of options as well that we have found that, you know, people need to be able to do that, and they've asked for that. So we basically built them a, a matching algorithm on the back end to be able to do that. So, Teresa, if you get involved with this uh, with this website, landintelligence.net, you, you may be able to identify and find properties for these buyers. You're having a hard time finding something for them, right? Yeah, well, that's what I was wondering. I was sitting here looking at the website, and it says, let's see, it says try free for 14 days. So what are you getting when you try free for 14 days? Is it all these reports, or is it some sort of algorithms, or, or what are you are you getting exactly? Sure. So our, um, our software is called Land Suite. And so it's basically an operating system for land acquisition and development. And so the Land Suite software uh, allows you to be able to scout for land and manage your CRM of your land acquisition process. So it's basically a mapping and a CRM and a communication channel all wrapped into one, all tied back. If you remember the story I talked about earlier where I had the tax map where I had the notes on all those properties in one place. It kind of replicates that. You're allowed now on a mobile device or on your – it works better on a tablet or a laptop because it's really intended for desktop or laptop use uh, right now. Um, you can collect data on the mobile, but we normally tell folks most people use it on a, on a laptop or a tablet or, or a desktop. And so now you can basically cruise property. You can export lead lists. You can send out mailers. Um, you can do all the things that you would want to do to, to grab property information uh, to generate leads, but more importantly, you can also share that information with your customers. So you can invite people to your account. They can share that information. So, uh, again, the map is the central uh, data point, and then all data flows back to that parcel uh, through our mapping system. So, um, so it really allows you to be able to cruise property digitally, you know, in the Zoom world that we're in now, uh, you can. we have lots of people that just pull our software up. They have their Zoom meeting. All their notes are kept there. All their documents are kept there. Uh, you know, it, it syncs with all of your standard, uh, you know, 365 and cloud so that you can tie your project files back to the parcel. Um, and, and it really operates, literally, it's an operating system for land acquisition. Uh, software built for people buying land and going through all the due diligence and financing processes. So is it? So then, so then the, that so the software is free for 14 days, and our reports are typically ad hoc uh, purchases, uh, where as somebody needs something, you know, you might look at 40 or 50 properties, uh, but you really only want to report on one or two of them. Because uh, you get serious about those one or two. And those are typical feasibility studies that we have packages for, uh, the land facts report. Um, we do have a group uh, internally that will draw sketch plans, concept plans. We'll prepare performance for people to see if the project will pencil out and make money. Uh, and those, types of, those types of things typically during the search or, or, or offer process. So is it, it sounds to me like it's more for commercial and development. Is that... I mean, is it beneficial to any broker that deals with any sort of land? 
Yeah, we, I mean, we have people that buy ranches. We have people that buy farmland. We have people that buy hunting land and leases. I mean, and, and a lot of times what they want to know is, okay, I'm getting this property at X number of dollars an acre, but, you know, tell me, tell me which way the wind's blowing in the next five or ten years, right? Um, and, and so, like, a lot of the farm managers uh, that we work with, you know, they, they might have, uh, you know, several thousands of acres across several hundred farm owners. Well, when they sit down with their clients once a year or more often, to go over, you know, what are your plans for the farm? Well, in a lot of places, it's only a matter of time until the last crop needs to be grown, right? And that's typically some sort of development. So I grew up in that area. I mean, I've grown up in that conversation my whole life. And so at some point, people that are doing asset management or real estate, uh, they've got to understand what the next phase or life cycle of that property is. And if it's, you know, 50 years, this is going to be a ranch, great. Uh, But if it's, hey, in the next two to three years, based on the trends, this is probably not, uh, this is probably not going to stay this way. We need to start thinking about what's going to change. That, that's, a, that's a good time for somebody to really engage with us. Okay, I see, too, I see too we've got basic pro, we got basic plus pro and premium. And basic is free, so everybody wants something free. So why not start there and see where it goes? Free stuff. <laughs> He's our guest. That's right. Well, I mean, you start free right. and you get a taste, yeah. and then you want more, well, so you can move up to Plus Pro and I Premium. Know how you, stick your toe you know, in the what's water. the difference between the Plus Pro and Premium? Yeah, so the basic difference uh, for the for the most part is um, on the on the basic and plus. Like I said, a lot of people may already have some information put together, and they're basically looking for money. So if everybody's already got a deal under contract and they need to either raise equity or debt capital, they can post their project and be matched with investors to find the money to go to closing. So that's normally a pretty good reason for somebody just to join, be a member, go through that process. You know, maybe maybe they maybe they just need to do that. Um, and then normally when people restart or start going through uh, their acquisition process, that's really when they want to upgrade to pro. Premium, uh, you know, Pro allows you to not only scout your properties, but gives you a whole CRM for all of your deals. Uh, but somebody who's got one deal they want to finance, uh, we're, we're basically going to help them with that, that they can get into our equity and investment groups that want access to those deals. Um, and then if somebody's trying to grow a portfolio of multiple projects, they're typically going to want to upgrade to Pro and Premium. Pro allows people to have teams to work on projects, so now... Now you can basically invite each other. The, the average three to five people that work on these deals together can all share information in one place. Uh, and then the premium version is where people will want custom data layers. Uh, the, the funny example I always use is, you know, out west is, you know, how many deer tags come with this ranch, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of a custom data layer because that's important to them. Um, but in reality, a lot of people want custom data layers. Uh, that are unique to a jurisdiction. And so uh, we'll do the work to actually serve that up in their piece of software, uh, and that little bit of work comes at a premium price. Sort of of reminds me of W.C. Fields. If you know the direction people are going, get there before they do and buy land, right? (laughs) Well, the prices are very reasonable, too, I feel like. I mean, very reasonable. We've got about a minute left, Gore. We'll finish up. So. Yes. 
so, so basically, we're built to scale. Uh, as you all know, a lot of people in the land business, they kind of come in and out of it. They, uh, you know, they'll do a couple projects or they'll kind of ramp up. Uh, but then also, all of us remember the downturn. So what we wanted to do is be able to create something that uh, even in a down economy, they would have tools and resources to be able to use uh, for, for, you know, being able to either if they have to be dormant for a little while or they have to drop back on their acquisition, you know, all their stuff. Uh, isn't gone, right? It's it's in the cloud, and I'd say that's probably one of the questions I get asked the most. Um, the cost of maintaining all of this data is what's made all this possible. The cloud is what's made this possible. Uh, Twenty years ago, I would have had to spend the equivalent of probably thirty or forty million dollars just to put the databases together, uh, and now the cloud uh, allows us to do that at obviously a much lower cost sure. to serve this data up nationally. So. That's been the big innovation that's made this possible. Gore, you've been a great guest today. How do they get in touch with you? Um, so folks can get in touch with us at landintelligence.net. Uh, we're always looking to give uh, both uh, trials of folks for our software, uh, but then also if people have unique or special uh, requests, they can book a time to talk to us about their more advanced or enterprise uh, level that they need to support their operations. Perfect. Hey, our guest today has been Gore Belton, CEO of LandIntelligence.net. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we'd appreciate them. All of our questions are welcome, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. This show is for the public and, most importantly, for real estate agents who do not have a source for land education. All of our shows are downloaded after the show this morning on our master website, www.letstalkland.net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. Teresa, how do they get in touch with you? They can email me at teresa.mylandpro at gmail.com. Okay. My email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell number is 336-669-1405. We'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com. If you're looking to buy or sell land, Landhub previews thousands of properties nationwide. Roddy, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website, go to WKTE1090.com, and also they can hear us from coast to coast and around the world. You know how they can do that? How? Just download the simple radio app. How simple is it? Teresa. Easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy peasy. It's a simple radio app. It's yeah. simple. Right. It's so simple. Teresa did it by herself. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's simple. So you can listen to our show. That's right. Every Saturday from every. 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. And then you can also, when you're not listening to our show, you can be happy. That's right. Why, Teresa? Because we play happy music. That's it. See? Only happy music? Only happy Only. music. No sad Shadow music. Shadow was dancing. Shadow yeah. was dancing before we came in. That's she right. She yeah. was dancing. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was happy. Yeah. And we've won some nice awards, right? Yeah, seven years in a row being the top beach and oldies radio station on the East Coast. Beach and oldies. Yes, that beach is and happy oldies. music. Isn't it, it is, yeah. And you got a nice award as well. Yeah, the Reader Choice Award for Announcer of the Year. Hmm, wonder why. I have no clue. <laughs> you have no clue. Teresa, Teresa's going to be in there running. I hear you. Hey, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Gore, thank you. I got to run.